A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of CanadaLand is brought to you by HelloFresh, the meal kit service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Each week they create new and delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take about 30 minutes for everybody from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. You'll get 50% off of your first box if you visit hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand and use the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. This episode is also brought to you by Paytm. Paytm is Canada's best bill payment experience. I don't know how your bill payment experience has been. Mine has been pretty crappy before I started using Paytm to pay all of my bills in one place. You collect a point for every dollar that you spend. There's all kinds of cashbacks and points incentives that basically operates in a way that pays you for paying your bills. That might mean 10% cashback on ESO, 50% cashback on a Tim Hortons gift card, or 100% cashback on Apple AirPods. This is just a smart thing to do to defray the cost of all those bills. And again, it's a very easy thing to do. So visit paytm.ca. Walking Eagle News is the funniest website in Canada, and the former reporter who runs it, a guy named Tim Fontaine, will be on the show in a moment. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Moira A., Kyle Jago, Eric Kaplan, Jamie Cowles, 
Brenton Walters, Braden Klassen, Chris Foster, and Leo McKay. Five or six times a year, something happens in Canadian media, something outrageous and absurd. And I look around and think, why is nobody losing their shit over this? And then I turn on Canada Land and you are losing your shit. I find comfort in that. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. And once again, this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Look at some of this stuff. Golden halloumi and ratatouille, like a halloumi cheese that you grill until it's golden and then with a ratatouille. That sounds delicious. Thai beef salad. Why don't I cook Thai beef salad at home? It's actually not that difficult, but that's something that I love to eat, but I, I never make that at home. Pan-fried chicken, simple stuff, sweet chili lime shrimp. You can cook these restaurant-type dishes at home. It'll be healthier than eating them in a restaurant, and you'll be cooking for yourself and for your family. And it's so simple because they send it all to you in this insulated box, and there's no food waste, and you can feel good about the ingredients. They're locally sourced. They're fresh. This is a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to do this time of year when I like to eat a little bit fresher, a little bit lighter, and I like to cook more than just getting that kind of greasy takeout and that comfort food. If this sounds good to you, you'll get 50% off your first box. You can try this out. Go to hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand and use the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. Finally, this episode is brought to you by Hover. Building your online brand has never been more important. You need to show the world who you are and what you're passionate about. And all of that begins by choosing a domain name. And when you do choose a domain name, you want to be with a company like Hover, not a sleazy company that's kind of always trying to upsell you or trick you into buying stuff that you don't need or that shouldn't cost you money, like who is privacy, but a helpful company like Hover that's super easy to use that makes it really simple to check if the domain that you want is available 
and they'll check that against 400 and more domain name extensions uh, with all the classics like .com and .info and .org, and then a lot of fun niche ones as well. Here's an important thing. You want your domain to be registered with a company that is other than the company that you do your web hosting with, because if you ever switch your web hosting company, which like a lot of people find the need to do at some point, it's not locked in with one provider uh, who have every reason to make it as difficult as possible for you to free your domain from them. No, do it through Hover and then have that versatility. Go to hover.com slash CanadaLand. You'll get 10% off of your first purchase. We use Hover. Hover.com slash CanadaLand. 10% off. How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. This is the funniest one to me. This is the one that got the biggest left to me. First Nations man wakes up white after Indian status card expires. <laughs> the ones that are really absurd are the ones that, that give me the most laughs. What's your favorite? Ah, uh, geez. I don't know. I still like, there was one about these two floor walkers in Saskatchewan who were following each other around the store because they couldn't tell if they were indigenous or not. <laughs> and so eventually after a few hours, they collapse with exhaustion. That, would, that one was still my favorite. See, that one, that's an interesting one that you do where that's what I realized. This isn't for me. Like, I had to take a minute. Like, what's a floor walker? I'm like, oh, that's because <laughs> I was a stock boy at Shoppers Drug Mart. I'm like, oh, the security guy who would like walk around and follow old people and minorities around this. Oh, and, yes. it, and, and then it, like I had to unpack it. And then there was another level that worked on where I'm like, oh, the intended audience of this would immediately know what a floor walker is, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that. I mean, there's some things that I kind of take for granted and I just sort of assume that everybody knows but I mean you realize after it's like yeah no it does have a, a strange effect of of educating people which was never really my intention but I'll I'll take that because that can't be a bad thing I definitely found myself trying to figure out stuff I didn't know before like there's some that I get and then there's some that I think I get and then there's <laughs> some that I don't get at all First Nations man denies allegations of lip point doping. <laughs> yeah, that, see, that one is a, a people of color thing. I realized after writing it. So pointing with your lips where you like purse your lips and you point at something, that's something that a lot of our parents did to us. Like it was like, go get that thing. Where is it? And they point with their lips. And so it, it always just struck me funny. And then that, as I got older, I realized it's kind of universal among indigenous people. I would hear people in different parts of the country talking about it. And then it wasn't until I posted that story that people from like uh, the Caribbean and people from the Philippines were saying, we do that too. My mom, my mom does that or my grandma does that. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. I did, that, that one really struck a chord. So that, that was funny. That was, uh, that was a learning opportunity for me too. <laughs> and so, yeah, we just thought it was, we thought it'd be funny if it was like, if it was so accurate that, because it was never really accurate. It was always just sort of like, but yet you somehow knew what they were pointing at. Like my dad would say, go get that thing. And like, he wouldn't even say what it was. He would just say, go get that thing. And then he would point with his lips in that direction. <laughs> but the thing about your headline is it goes into this absolutely absurd direction where not only is it this reference to lip point, but in the universe of this headline, <laughs> lip, lip pointing is a sport. <laughs> yes, it can and be, people yeah. have been cheating at this sport by <laughs> doping. And and then I'm like, how do you dope? Uh, what what dope would <laughs> cause the cause the lip pointing? Yeah, to be extra accurate or to be extra pointy or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was having some fun with that one. That that one was good. I loved that one too. 
Sometimes it's like, this is such a, an interesting point of access to understand what indigenous people, you know, joke about and what indigenous culture is and what are the reference points. And I'm like on this like, you know, vaguely cultural colonialist kind of exploratory mission where I could feel like I'm really on the inside track. <laughs> and then I actually realized, no, Tim's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yes. I think there is a big part of that. For me, a lot of it is just if, if I think it's funny, then, then I'm going to put it up. Res dogs on verge of forming single consciousness. Scientists warn. <laughs> no, that was another one that was uh, uh, like res dogs. It's another thing that that one's North America wide, and everybody talks about res dogs. And you either hate them or you love them or whatever. And I just always thought like there's something something else is going on here with these things because they're they're on every single community. They can be quite clever sometimes, and I just thought it would be neat if they were. Forming, something, something, forming yeah, a single something unified. Else was going on there, they're trying to. There's a queen res dog somewhere that's controlling all of them. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of neat. Uh, you almost like, there's a lot of res dogs headlines. Like you can almost like that's like a section of Walking Eagle. Like you yes. have a, a res dogs vertical. Yeah. Whenever I get a, uh, if I do a book or something, I'm gonna I'm gonna devote a chapter to that. I mean, some of them I understand, like they're funny, like APTN to start a 24-hour Res Dogs like puppy channel. That, I'm like, oh, I get that. But forming a, a unified consciousness was uh... that, the one about the Res Dog channel. They, they, um, there's a radio station in town, your Ace Burpee radio show, and it's pretty popular here. And I guess somebody had sent them the article, and they thought it was real. And so it unfolded in one broadcast that they were talking about this. Oh, this is, you know, they were, they were trying to figure out whether this was a good idea or not. And then finally they were like, I don't know about this. Something about it doesn't seem right. And then they kind of researched it on air and realized what it was. And they're, they were just laughing. So, and uh, I'm surprised at how many people still fall for these stories. And that, you know, I'm never setting out to purposely trick people, but it still just makes me laugh when I get all these people, this isn't, you know, this is outrageous or whatever. You get the responses from people that no matter how absurd I think it is, somebody will fall for it. Tim, I think your best headlines, they don't make me laugh at all. Parliament Hill skating rink to be melted to provide drinking water for First Nations. That's so clever. It's so clever, but it's it, it hurts. It, like that one hurts. Yeah, a couple of people said that. I, I, a couple of the ones are, are me responding in anger to something where it's like, I can't, you know, freaking believe that they're doing this when they have this other issue going on. And then it just sort of comes out. And I, I'm actually pretty, pretty proud of those ones because they are, they're almost a knee jerk reaction, right? Like they're just, uh, it's, uh, it's a swipe at them and it's a swipe at the situation. And, uh, yeah, some of them aren't, aren't necessarily funny. And I've also been very careful to, um, like there's a lot of people that that say, oh, this isn't satire, or satire is supposed to be this, or they apply these rules to the site. And I'm trying to get away from that now, and even even avoiding that term satire because there are rules to it. And I I think some of it is satire, and some of it is just plain stupidity. And then and again, it goes back to that whole like it's my site, I'll do whatever I want with it, right? So right, I'm, right. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, but I mean there there is there is a message to some of them, and some of it is um, some of it is anger or frustration. Some of it is silly. Some of it is satire. Some of it you say is stupidity. I haven't found those yet. Some of it, <laughs> some of it is like journalism. Like some of it is like you're making a very strong point when you write. Study suggests indigenous people often studied. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was frustration left over from when I was a journalist not that long ago. Really, you do these daily stories, and it's like, oh, a new study about this, a new study about that, and it's like, 
you'd think they'd put that money towards actually doing something now. Like, it's just sort of frustrating. So that, that one just came from frustration. And it was also, I was a journalist for a very long time, and that's how I write. And so, the, like, when I do a lot of these stories, they almost have little rules to them, right? Like, they follow a kind of modified CP style, and they have to have a lead, and they have to have this and that. And so... I guess that's just a habit. <laughs> even even though I'm just making the stuff up, there's still some kind of a journalistic rule to it. I don't know if it's if it's journalism or if it's just formatting, but it's uh, it's old habits are hard to break. And like you say, like you did this for 20 years. Like you used to have a journalism career. Yeah. Uh, now you have a Patreon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that that's sort of just uh, that's like a tip jar. I mean, it's not really it's not my main source of income. I'm working for APTN now. And don't so say that. Don't say you, you. You say the Patreon is crucial. I can't tell these jokes on the Patreon. <laughs> I don't mean to give you advice, but let me tell you, like it, it only works. No, for and I, I am. I am so grateful for. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I am. I, it it still blows me away. Like I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, when I set it up, I'm like, people are giving me money. Like it is so bizarre and so humbling that people that you don't know. Because they're not, it's like you would think it's like, oh yeah, it's going to be your aunt and it's going to be whatever. But no, there are people that you don't know that you've never met who like what you're doing so much that they give you money every month. Like that, yeah. it's, to me, it's just so completely baffling because I, you know, I didn't even like paying for, for Apple Music, you know. So to, to give it to someone, I guess, maybe is a bit more meaningful, but... It's, I think that's uh, it, it. Is that we have so many we have so many forced purchases where you do not feel good about who you're in business with. Yeah, there is this incredible like wellspring of um, just this exchange of like gratitude for the content with people who feel great that they're allowing you to do the thing. No, I think you should hit that hard. I mean, I actually should have started with the disclosure. I, I believe that I support your Patreon. And, yes, and, you uh, do. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And it, and again, it it blows it it just completely blows me away. Like it it is the most. Uh, it's a very touching thing. You know, there's some commonalities between us that I can't help but notice. Like when you say that you have a journalism career for 20 years that you set on fire in order to launch <laughs> Walking Eagle, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. we should get hats. Um, but why would you do that? I mean, that, you know, that is you put a huge investment in, in building up your credibility uh, and your career as a journalist. So that's a big risk. What led you to risking it all? I needed to do something else. Like I needed to be able to not burn a bridge, but to basically feel like I couldn't go back. I, I, I just had enough of being a daily news reporter. I didn't want to do that anymore. Why didn't you want to do that anymore? I was just, I was tired of it. I mean, I had done it for, for so long and it was the longest thing I've ever done. I've done, I've done lots of things in my life and that one was the one that stuck. And I just, you know, hats off to the people that are still doing it. But for me, that amount of time doing it was, was too much. And I don't think I ever intended to, to do that for that long. Yeah, And so uh, it was almost like me saying, like, look, there's no going back now. You can't. You're going to do something that makes you happy whether you like it or not. Because, you know, I maybe I could. I don't know. But, I, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to. But I don't think that I could go back to being a daily reporter now after, after saying the things that I've said. I mean, the first thing I did when I left was I, I started writing op-eds, which is like a big no-no, right? Right. And again, that was me. That was me setting myself aside from that. That was me putting that distance between myself and, and any sense of just pure journalism. So You're closing the door behind you on purpose. Yeah, you don't, exactly. You don't want yeah. to be able to. Because yeah. I, I just didn't want to do that. And, I, and I'm not doing that. And I don't have any, uh, I don't have any plans to do that. I think uh, whatever, whatever happens next is going to be something. It's always got to be something that I really want to do. And I think that was, that was also the important thing. Does it have anything to do with what you were covering? To be on the beat of covering Indigenous matters in Canada is to be reporting on a lot of, uh, frankly, like 
tragic stories, stories about injustice, stories that are that can be heartbreaking. And you know, like we're talking more and more about the psychological toll that certain kinds of coverage can have. Yeah, yeah, I think it like that. That it really weighs on you after a while. And uh, some people, like my partner uh, Martha, is a journalist, and she she has her own coping mechanisms for that, and she covers things that are far far darker than mine. She covers a lot of uh, missing and murdered and indigenous women and girls stories. And, you know, she's able to heal herself and not so much heal herself, but just she, she doesn't let it get to her as much as, as it did for me. Mm-hmm. And also for me, it was because I was getting frustrated by seeing these things and not being able to speak out about them. And with the sight, I can say more without really saying it. I mean, I can, I mean, one of the things that I vowed to do this year was to call somebody a liar because I can't stand that journalist can't say liar. Especially now, these days, journalists can't even say something is racist. They put it in quotes. <laughs> and it's like, to me, that is, it is maddening that, that, you know, and I wrote a story, that was, uh, speaking of one of my favorite stories, that was one of the favorite stories I ever did, where it's a journalist burst into flames after his editor published the word racism without quotes around it. That's so that's so interesting. Reporting news stories is supposed to be a, a, like a, the process of fact checking and the for, and the, yes. the the formal you know mechanisms that you were referring to earlier are all designed to make sure that everything you're printing is as true and accurate as possible. Yes. And yet those constraints prevent you from saying the most true thing, which is that was a lie. That person's a liar. Yeah. That yeah, was they, racist. They, they, so, Senator Lynn Bayak, what she said was racist. Yeah. And it's probably accurate to call her a racist at a certain point. Yeah. And you can't do that in a news story. And then you launch Walking Eagle, where the whole point is that everything you're printing is false, right? Yeah. Like, But you have to lie to tell the truth. It's a bizarre thing, but that's kind of I mean, doing the op-eds was, was, was also my way of doing that. I mean, the very first thing I did was because I had seen what the Liberal Party was, was doing and saying, saying and doing being two very different things there. And I started to write about that. And that was the very first thing I did. And again, that was just sort of me, like getting this stuff off my chest. And it's not that I was biased when I was a reporter or, or any more biased than anybody else, but I was, um, I was so constrained by that. I couldn't, I could, you know, was, I was screaming inside not being able to say they lied or they didn't do this or they didn't do that or, or this person didn't do this or do that so uh it was great to finally be able to do that i'm much happier now that's for sure yeah do you consider this like a kind of journalism i guess it is i'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is still i'm doing more of this than anything else i mean i have i have the site and then i've got this show on aptn and i'm also doing some documentaries so i'm still i still kind of have my hand in journalism yeah, but I don't consider it like journalism. Journalism, it's not news. It's it's long form storytelling that I'm doing for them because I'm doing a documentary series for them, and in that case, it doesn't. It's not necessarily the same rules as journalism. You're crafting a longer story. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't quite defined what it is that I'm doing <laughs> just yet, but. Uh, I guess we're trying yeah. to like always figure out these categories for what we call things, but like you know, yeah. is this reporting? Is it journalism? Is it is it like I guess truth would be the top level tier? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I had called it satirical journalism on my Patreon because it was the only thing that I could think of, and I do. I guess I do kind of like it. Seems a waste to throw away what I've learned about journalism, but I don't know if it necessarily applies in the in the same sort of way. So it's it's, it's hard to say. What do the journalists that you've spent twenty years working with think about what you're doing now? I think people still think it's funny. I think people still, I still get asked journalism questions. So I think I'm still seen as a bit of a resource, but I, it's, there's almost, I, you know, and I don't want to 
set myself up and say they envy it, but I think that I've, I've heard some journalists privately say, oh, God, I wish I could have said what you said. You're free. You're free yes. in a way that they are I think not. That's what it, I think that's what it is. I think there's a sense of somebody has climbed over the wall or something, right? So for some of them, and I think there's some, I know, I know some journalists that are lifers. Like I can't see them doing anything else, but they, so there's some amusement. But I think, yeah, I think amusement overall and, and pride. I mean, I've had so many, so many of my former colleagues and, and people that I, that I knew uh, just just call and, and congratulate me. So it's 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 been really good. It's been great. Some of these headlines aren't really like laughers, and I don't know that yeah. they were intended to be. Like I think this one came out after the Gerald Stanley verdict, maybe after also the Tina Fontaine case. Indigenous peoples, pretty sure, Lady Justice can see just fucking fine. Those two back-to-back judgments, I don't think people understand what a blow that was to the Indigenous community. I mean, there was such a malaise that went over, like, everybody. Like, I remember I was in a mall in Winnipeg when the when the Gerald Stanley thing came down, and I, I, I kind of knew that it was going to go that way. But when it actually happens, you just sort of, like, you realize, like, man, like, what a fucked-up country. And what a fucked up sense of justice. And so that's that's where that came from. It was just sort of this idea that, you know, justice is supposed to be blind, but it's consistently showing itself that that's, that's bullshit. You know, she yeah. can see just fine. And, and it's the white people that get off and it's the indigenous people that get harsher sentences. And so that one came almost from despair, right? Like that was just like, I can't believe what's going on right now. Yeah, like the humor of despair. Like uh, I won't claim to know the blow that those two verdicts had on the community. I, I saw it tangentially where all of these indigenous people who I follow on Twitter and communicate with who were so active and arguing and involved in various, you know, rhetorical standoffs with people. It felt like it was going up to this pressure point. And then after the not guilty verdict and Tina Fontaine's death, I thought that it would boil over into all this rage between the people who are fighting with him. And, and but instead there was this period where people just kind of disappeared and, and, and some yeah. people's Twitter accounts disappeared. And I just felt like, oh, my God, I, I can't even fathom what's going on there. Like, Yeah, I think there was a it was the first time I ever saw this sense of giving up, like not giving up on on everything, but just like like I, I don't have the energy to argue with you. Yeah. Like that was I, I saw people actually say that. Like, I just I have I don't have I, you know, this is this is not the time to to argue these stupid points. And so, and yeah, people walked away from it for a while and people are back now. I think we're, we're pretty resilient people, but uh, it was pretty sad. Like it was, uh, yeah, it was just this crushing. And like I said, I mean, it shouldn't have been a surprise, but at the same time, it just, it doesn't mean that it didn't, it didn't hurt when it happened. Right. Because you just sort of, you feel so devalued by that. You feel like, you know, you're not, you're not a person here. Yeah. You've been in this for a very short period of time and yet, the range of places that you go to and the responses that it gets, it's pretty expansive. Like there's so many different kinds of jokes from the ones that, that hurt more than, than are funny or the ones that are funny. Like there's some that are funny and then I feel guilty for laughing. Like <laughs> Canada to present full grown indigenous man to Royal couple as engagement gift. Yeah. That was one of my very first stories. And that was one. Uh, yeah. I just, I love that story. 
it was so funny and the image that it conjures up is funny but then it like it actually refers to real things like it's not yeah. that far from the truth of what happened historically and then you know from my perspective reading this i'm like oh i'm like huh, should i be laughing at that am i <laughs> you know and maybe all i think all of the different things that this instills be it like me looking up things to understand your jokes to me kind of questioning my own position and being like you know, I like satire where I can't feel too safe, you know? Um, <laughs> if I feel like because I know Walking Eagle and I support it and I laugh at it that I'm really woke and I'm down with you, there's always one that <laughs> twists it back at me, you know? Uh, I think that's a valuable thing. That's a hard button to push, but you get there. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a strange thing. It hasn't been that long at all, and that's the other thing that sort of blows me away. It's like it's been four months, something like that. It, it's still, it's really crazy. And I don't even know how long I'm going to, like, I'll probably do it for a year and then I'll see where it goes from there. Like, I would have to really monetize it and really do something in order for it to, to take on other writers and for it to become something like, uh, like the Beaverton or the Onion. And then at that point, it becomes more, to me, it almost becomes more of a business, right? And I'm not sure if that's where, uh, where I want to take it. I, I like what it is right now. Yeah. It feels, it feels like it needs something more and I don't know what, so... Well, it's obviously like it could be a pretty funny book. That, that seems pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean that's the plan. Anyways, I've been in touch with a publisher, and then I've, um, I guess, like an agent, and so uh, I just haven't had time to do anything on it. If she, if she's listening, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm working on it. But uh, that's the next step, I think, and it's just trying to find a way to make that. I guess it's unique in that it's it would be strictly indigenous, right? Like. Because I was looking at the Beaverton's book and I was looking at some of the Onions books and I'm like, this is really great. And even even the the Canada Land book, like it's this sort of this guide to Canada, right? Like that I really love that that style. But I would have to do something pretty unique, I think, to to stand out. So I'm working on it. I mean, you're you're applying the the fake news thing, which is well established, to a totally new area. So I think that alone. I mean, I would buy it just if it was just more <laughs> more of what you're doing. But but yeah, I could, I could see that you would want to challenge yourself and go more high concept for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I also am intrigued by what you're saying. Like, you're not sure if you want to turn into a business because like now it's like this labor of love, I guess. Because like, the truth is, if you say, "Here's my Patreon," it's a tip jar. If you like what I'm doing, you know, throw a few bucks in, you'll do pretty well because people like your stuff. But if you say, "I'm at the juncture where I'm I'm either going to have to turn this into a business or stop doing it," your Patreon's going to blow up like crazy, and then you're and then that'll be your job. Then you're going to have yeah. to do it forever. If I could get somebody that I trust enough to run it, then then I could just be sort of the, uh, just be the grandfather that comes in and makes sure that everything is, is going right. Because I, I did want it, I was going to bring on other writers and I thought, well, I really want to set a tone first, right? Like I want, I want people to know this is what Walking Eagle is. This is what's funny, what I think is funny, and this is what I don't think is funny. And, and please try and adhere to that. It's also the way it's written. Like I would either have to bring in a copy editor because I actually do like that CP style or I would have to do it myself. So that's what I mean. I mean, it's just that there's all these things that are these questions that have to be asked about what I want to do with Walking Eagle. And I, I haven't I haven't reached those answers yet. I want to ask you about one that I didn't find funny at all. That just struck me as like a dud. And yet it's it's a headline that like I was like, oh, that's not my favorite. And then I looked at the at the uh, social stats and it said eight point one thousand shares, which I, I think yeah. might may be your top. I haven't gone through them all. And I, obviously there's something going on here that I don't understand. The headline is Trudeau shocked to learn about living conditions in northern Ontario First Nation. He had gone to some Ontario First Nation. He actually did. And I read the press release. That, that that was where I came from. I read the press release and it said, oh, he's going to investigate what's happening and to hear from people themselves. And I'm like, you were in opposition for how fucking long? You campaigned on helping First Nation conditions and here you're deciding to go. Like, it was just such a rotten 
publicity stunt. And I'm I'm sorry to the community. I d- I don't think I named them, but I just think like I just fe- I felt I felt shitty for for certain things after because I thought like. I didn't want the community to think that I'm crapping on them because the prime minister went. I mean, any community deserves that, whether they're indigenous or not. And I'm sure the kids loved it. But I just thought, like, the way it was framed, that he was going to personally go look in and see what these conditions are. It just it, it pissed me off. I just thought, you know what? You know what's going on. And if you're going to go to a community, then bring a big fucking bag of money. You know? Right, don't, right, right. Don't, don't, don't just go in there and say, oh, this is so sad what I'm seeing here. It's like, fuck off. You know, like do something man you you have the ability you have the power to do that this government has shown that it has no fucking problems finding a shitload of money when it really wants to so you know they vowed to end boil water advisories in the first five years they're probably not going to do that you know they want to do this this new indigenous framework right they're not going to do that or if they do it's going to be so clumsy that we're going to be stuck with it for the rest of our lives so it's i don't know that one was yeah it was born of anger and frustration again it's a very particular and rare iteration of the fake news headline in that every word of it is true. And why it kind of whizzed past me was because it's indistinguishable from an actual CP story, right? Yeah. Trudeau yeah. shocked to learn about living conditions in Northern Ontario First Nation. Like, it's meta. Like, it's like, wait a second, that's not a Walking Eagle headline. Uh, <laughs> that's actually just a news story. And then you have to think, like, yeah, how the hell does he dare go there and express any kind of surprise whatsoever. Like one one of my favorite Onion headlines um, had the same effect on me where I didn't think it was funny at all at first, where uh, Schwarzenegger just won the governorship of California. And I think the headline was muscle man elected, you know, uh, governor of America's, you know, second largest economy. And I'm like, you could have done better than that. That's not a big exaggeration or that's not very surreal. I'm like, that's actually just, wait a second. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what fucking happened. Yeah, some of the ones where they, um, because when I was thinking of the headline, like I probably could have accentuated shocked more because that's what it was. It was like almost like, I am shocked, you know? And it's like, how, how could you possibly be that? But yeah. Sometimes that's where I find the onion is is so strong is sometimes when they just say things the way they are. They just word it slightly differently. And it just it's for some reason, it's just so funny that they're saying what exactly is going on, but they're doing it in the in the way that news does. Right. Like it's it's just funny. Like news is still funny to me. And that's probably why I like doing Walking Eagles so much. I just find it. I find this way that they try and tiptoe around saying things and and make these almost grandiose ways of saying something very simply too that is just hilarious like it's we- it's a weird business man just a lot of admiration and appreciation for what you're doing and and uh I hope you keep doing it Tim thank you That is your Canada Land. You can email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything you send me. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Visit our website at canadalandshow.com to check out our news stories. We have a Facebook page you can have a look at. There is a new episode of Oppo out this week on Tuesday, Jen Gerson versus Justin Ling in a conversation about Canadian politics. Check it out. There is also a new episode of DDX, the show by doctors and for doctors that you can find at Figure One. That's the number one, figure1.com slash DDX. Check that out because it's fantastic. This show was produced by Ali Graham. Syndication is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. You can visit them online at cfuv.ca. And if you like what we do, please support us on Patreon. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. 
You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will let me serve in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.